Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Building a Marketing Brand and Using It Effectively, informative. If you were unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Tish Times is a sales and networking expert, speaker, trainer, author, and the founder of Tish Times Networking and Sales. Tish teaches small business owners, solo entrepreneurs, and sales professionals to increase income with unparalleled sales and networking strategies. So Tish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. I was glad to have you. I know you have been in this field for a while and you're an amazing expert that can help entrepreneurs. So what I would love for you to do first is just tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you actually began working with entrepreneurs to help them increase their sales. So um, again, thank you so much. I love what I do. I'm actually celebrating this year 10 years doing this work specifically and it kind of got started by accident. I <laughs> know it sounds crazy, but it did. It was um, in the staffing world for the majority of my um, early career. I started very early in staffing right out of school and um, did that for almost 10 years. And then in 2008, when the market kind of turned, that combined with lots of other things, I ended up closing my staffing company, um, took a little bit of time off, and then began thinking about what was next when I started doing career coaching. But the way I did career coaching was um, holding these networking events and bringing in job seekers and hiring managers, and I would occasionally have some entrepreneurs kind of show up. And what started happening is the entrepreneurs kept asking me, you know, what are you doing to grow your business so fast? We kind of mm-hmm. want to go, you know, super fast. And then I had them calling saying, hey, I want to hire you to be my business coach and teach me how to network and sell. And so long story short, it just kind of morphed into me going from doing staffing to career coaching to doing more training around teaching people how to network and sell more effectively. Well, I love when we hear stories like that, though, too. I mean, my business actually was not intended either. It just kind of happened because someone asked me, you know, to help her. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I have to have other clients to make it worth it, right? Because of all the costs you incur for even starting a business. But hearing, right. you know, kind of how it happened with you, and especially during a downturn in the economy, which now, you know, where we are right. today with everything going <laughs> on, it sounds very yeah. similar. So I think today's topic will be very encouraging for people who are listening and thinking, thinking like, you know, things are not so great right now, but that something great can come out of it. So that's why I was so glad to have you join us. Thank so, you so much. I would love for you to actually describe your business in a little bit more detail, specifically, who are the types of clients that you serve and how you help them? So we are at the, at the core, we're a training company. Um, and we train people, as I said, really how to network more effectively to not find themselves wasting time going from event to event, not really seeing a return on their investment. And then we take it a step further and teach people how to use networking as the entry point to their sales process so that mm-hmm. they actually are able to now close their sales seamlessly um, in a way that doesn't feel so weird and it really allows right. them to see more income in their business. Um, the type of people that we really attract, we, we do training for companies, so we work with sales teams of all types um, across the nation, and we also work with entrepreneurs. I think that we specifically attract certain types of entrepreneurs. I have these avatars that that make it easy for people to to kind of self-identify. The first one is introvert Irene, and that's a person who has a phenomenal product or service that doesn't necessarily articulate it as loudly or as often as they need to in order to attract their clients. 
Um, we have Networking Nancy, who's at every event all the time, but doesn't really have a process or a system in place to really make more money from their networking. And then Sales Leader Susan, as I said, those sales teams, that person that's in charge of a team and needs to be able to keep them motivated, needs to be able to add dollars to their bottom line, and wants direction around how to do that. So when you're working with someone, do you actually teach them how to even really network and not just go and hand your business card to someone, but like what you really should be doing at networking events? We start at the very beginning, you know, who is your ideal client? So that means what events do you even need to be going to? Because many times people attend an event because their friends tell them to, or they see it Mm -hmm. on Facebook or on Meetup or something, and they're at the wrong event. Their clients are not really there, so they're making connections with people that are never going to buy from them, or even if they do, they're not the right person for their business. So we teach them how to identify their ideal client. Then what types of events should they be attending? Then when they arrive at those events, what should they be doing? And like you said, not playing poker with their business cards, handing them out to every person who they encounter, but Mm -hmm. instead how to be very strategic, how to have a real plan so that they can have better success with their networking. I think that's helpful for people to learn too, because if you've never really been taught how to network and you don't know, you shouldn't just go hand your card out, you know, to people, you're not realizing that potentially you could actually be offending people as well. Uh, I know I've had, I've heard lots of people say, if someone just hands me a card, I just throw it in the trash, right? They didn't take the time to even get to know me. And I actually had an instance once where someone came up to me, handed me his business card and said, um, he basically was in the mortgage industry. And he's like, can I refinance your mortgage for you? I didn't even know who this person was. And he didn't know that I didn't even own a property. So I wasn't even a client, a potential client because I don't even have a mortgage, you know? So it's offensive to have someone just walk up to you and just talk to you like that. You know what I mean? So, but he probably was never told the right way to do it. Yeah. And I make it a habit. If someone just hands me the card, the first thing I'll ask them, and I can do this because it's it's what I do for a living. I don't recommend everyone does this, but I'll normally ask them, so please help me understand, you know, what what do you expect for me to do with this card or, or what was the reason in you handing it to me? Because I've had people like you walk up, hand you a business card, and literally, like, walk away like, boom, that was it, you know? Now you, now you shouldn't be doing business with me. And I'm like, no, that's not the way you develop a relationship, which is a better way to really gain new business. Right. Now, do you recommend to people, like I have my preference, I've heard different people say different things about how many people they should really try to talk to when they go to a networking event? Mm-hmm, I do. And I. this is what I believe, because, you know, ideally we'll hear three to five, and I think that's a really good um, base. It's a great place to start from how many people you should be connecting with. And I mean deep connections, not, you know, I, I talk to very, very you know, surface level three people. But I mean, I've had three good conversations with people who are going to remember me, who I really need to connect with. These Mm -hmm. are people who I want to spend time with. Um, And so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is how many people can you realistically follow up with? Because Mm -hmm. if you grab, you know, 30 cards, you're not going to follow up with 30 people. And the likelihood is you've done more damage by interacting with those people and then not following up than had you just met three people and had great follow-up. Right. That's my perspective. I'm actually a shy person anyway, so sometimes it's hard for me to just get into a room of a bunch of people, but I would much rather talk with someone one-on-one and actually talk with them for a while and maybe talk to one or two people even than, you know, try to work a room per se. So anyway, I appreciate your sharing those tips in terms of networking because a lot of people, like I said, have never been taught. They're just going into business or even now where we are, which, you know, we could talk about uh, in a minute too, but just with so many people now losing out on income might start thinking about starting a business and don't even know what they should be doing in terms of networking. So I appreciate those tips that you shared. Um, But I did want to touch on, obviously, we know we're in difficult times right now. There are, you know, people that are losing their income because of this COVID-19 pandemic. So what would you say to someone who's struggling to keep their doors open? Well, I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough answer because it really does vary between different types of businesses. If you know, we're talking about a restaurant, and there all of their income comes from people walking in their door, 
you know, it's very different from someone like myself, an entrepreneur who can work virtually and do those things. So number one, get creative and, and really, you know, I think that some of the best ideas, as I said, my, my business was born out of a time like this. I think some of the best ideas are born from necessity. So instead mm-hmm. of putting our head in a, a hole and, you know, allowing ourselves to fall into a depression, I know it's easier said than done, but allow right. that creativity to flourish and find different ways of doing business. Um, there's some amazing, you know, restaurants right now that are, you know, they've become delivery organizations mm-hmm. and they're still making money, maybe not as much as they had been, but I would say really get creative. Don't be afraid to try something new. Don't, you know, be afraid of doing something different than what your contemporaries are doing because I, I firmly believe, you know, the Ubers of the world decided, hey, everyone is doing, you know, traditional cabs and we're going to do something totally different and, you know, look what's happened, you know, your lifts and, and those types of organizations. So allow your creativity to flow and mm-hmm. do something different. That's a good point, too. I think I remember seeing something in the last couple of weeks even that listed the organizations that began, the companies that began during the last like downturn of the economy. And I believe Uber was one of them. And here yeah. we are now. And they're one of the you know most important you know businesses right now for restaurants or uh, you know people that need to be able to get around. Exactly. And we know we're supposed to be at home a lot, but Yes. <laughs> it is something that turned into, you know, they started when it was a difficult time, but their business is important right now. Yes, yes. You'd be surprised at what kind of ideas will come out of this. It'll be really interesting to see, you know, a few months from now what new companies, what new ideas we're doing, you know, and they become our new norm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let your creativity flow. And I think it would be important to, you know, some people might feel they're not as creative too. So maybe just having a sounding board of some people around them that they could discuss with, or maybe even sending a survey to their customers, like how can we serve you during this time and see maybe what comes. Right. You know, something that I do with my company is I've developed a mastermind group. And this isn't a a formal mastermind where people are paying you know, thousands of dollars to be a part of it. This is a group of almost like my my board of directors, if you will, mm-hmm. people that I have kind of surrounded myself with. And we do just that on Monday morning, like, okay, what's working for you? You know, this is my biggest challenge. This is what I'm up against right now. Do you have any ideas? And that has been an absolute lifesaver during this time. You know, we got mm-hmm. people who were really struggling to make sales, people who were feeling like, am I going to be able to get through this? And just in a couple of hours of our conversation, you know, even this morning, one of the ladies was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I'm going to do this because some of the other um, business owners have seen tremendous success. So also, yeah, find those people who maybe have gone through things like this before, people who maybe are doing things a little bit different in their own right, even if they're in a different industry. But don't go into a hole. And I've made that mistake. I, You know, when my first business closed down, I was in a functional depression for almost two years because I didn't know to reach out and to ask for help. And, you know, looking back, that's the one thing I would have done differently is to find those people who could be my sounding board, be a great support for me, and help me through that with, you know, ideas and just, um, you know, being an ear for me. Mm-hmm. I've been in a mastermind group for many, many, many years myself, too, and I found it helpful. And it's for many reasons too. I mean, one, you develop very close relationships with people that you can count on as well. But I think even just the perspective of, you know, I'm the logical thinker and the numbers person. And there are some people in there that are very creative and come from a totally different perspective on things. And I can help them in certain areas that are not their strengths. They can help me in certain areas that are not my strengths. And so this is the perfect time to have a group like that where someone is you know, more right brain, someone is more left brain, and how can they work together to help each other? Absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, just to be able to have potentially like an ear, you know, just even if you don't necessarily come up with a solution right then, but someone who understands what you're going through and can be there to support you. Because as entrepreneurs, if we don't have other entrepreneurs kind of in our realm, like I'm the first mm-hmm. real, you know, in my family entrepreneur. So it's helpful to have other entrepreneurs that you can reach out to. So that's a great, a great tip to have, have given. I know that's not on the sales and, and networking per se, but um, it is important to have those other people that can be your, like I said, your sounding board, your board of directors, things like that, that yeah. can just be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's actually just about time for us to take a break. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Tish Times about sales training for entrepreneurs. You're listening to Biz Health for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Tish Times told us about her background and how she got into sales training for entrepreneurs. Now let's continue our discussion. So Tish, right before the break, of course, we were talking about, you know, someone who's struggling to keep their doors open and what they can be doing. Um, but what about someone who's actually had to close for a period of time? Like what would be the steps they should take to start ramping up their business once they can open their doors again? So I would say most importantly, I know that again, I've, I've been there and I know it's always easier said than done. It's like when you're in the throes of it, it's really difficult, but stay connected. Um, you know, those people who have served you before, when the time is right and you're able to um, open your doors again, those people who you would stay connected to, and that might mean just reaching out with a telephone call and seeing how they are doing, you know, not necessarily um, trying to sell them anything, you know, staying connected with them online making sure that you're almost over-communicating, um, utilizing maybe your email marketing system so that, and when I say over-communicate, it's like checking in with them, making sure that they're aware of, of what your plans are, you know, to reopen in 90 days or whatever that might look like. Those people who have heard from you, who realize that you care about them, when the time is right, they're going to need you more than ever, in all honesty. And when mm -hmm. they have a choice between business A and yours, you know, right. business B or business C, they're going to come back to you. So stay connected. Don't allow your own, um, you know, shortfall, all the things that you're dealing with, and those things are very real. But if we don't maintain that connection and make our clients feel valued, when we need them, they're not going to be there, and it's not going to be their fault. They will have moved on, and we just have to do our part to stay in front of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good tip as well, too, because if you have loyal customers, too, and you're able to, you know, stay in touch with them, they're going to want to come back and support you and your business as well. And uh, so being able to just keep that, I know it's really hard right now, too, for some people and, you know, just trying to maintain what they're doing. They're scared. You know, there's a lot of fear right now on what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Just even the timeline of when people can open again is so up in the air and worrying about things that, ha you know, still have to make, you know, estimated tax payments unless the IRS changes that. But they haven't actually extended that right. deadline so far, you know, or rent. Yeah. Yes, you're not going to be kicked out of your place, you know, right away, but you still are going to have to pay that rent. Like there's a lot of fear uh, surrounding all of that. Right. But if they can reach out 
and touch base. And that might even help their own customers who are facing their own fears right now. Exactly. I mean, the the piece I didn't share, Candy, was, you know, in 2008 when I closed my business, you know, it was two years before I started this company. And, you know, number one, there's no um, shame in going and taking another role. So for a couple of years, I took a salary because I had to, you know, I needed mm-hmm. to do what was necessary to make sure our family stayed afloat. Um, but I stayed connected to those people who had been loyal customers to me before. And guess what? When I did relaunch my business, and I'm, I'm praying that it's not two years for anybody here, but this was, right. a, you know, different circumstance. But, you know, during that time when I was ready to relaunch, those same people, some of those same clients I had for many years before came right back because mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they knew my heart. They knew that I was there to serve them and I was going to take really good care of them. So even if you have to do an alternate, you know, income source for a bit, even if you have to make some major pivots in your business and things don't look like they once did, it's okay. Do what you need to do, but stay connected and, and continue to reach out to those people who were there for you before. Mm-hmm. Well, and what you're saying is great information too, because if you think about it, you're in a totally different industry too. So it's not the product that you were selling; it's the right. relationship, right? You and had you that. know what? That is exactly it. If people would get just that <laughs> right there, <laughs> right. it's like people generally do business. You know, we've heard it before from Ivan Meiser. People do business with those whom they love. Um, ne- wait, they know, know like, like, and trust, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if we will re- remember that. They're not necessarily buying your product. They're not necessarily buying your tchotchke. They're buying that relationship with you. And if we can keep that in mind, it really does change even our own mindset about the way we approach the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I know your area, of course, is training and things like that. And some people may have a sales force. Some of them may still just be their own you know, business owner doing it all. But if someone does have a sales force... How would a business owner keep them motivated to succeed when they're facing one of the most difficult times that we have encountered in our lifetimes? So I'm going to use an example that I'm dealing with right now because, you know, I'm in business, so I'm dealing with this just like everyone else is. And I have I have been running a business for, as I said, 10 years, you know, my own company that I founded and have developed all of the, the training materials and everything. But I also recently purchased a franchise. It's called Network in Action, and it's a professional networking organization. And the franchisor, the person who started the franchise and has sold the franchises to others, um, he has shown up as such a phenomenal leader. And when I said earlier, over-communicate, what I mean by that is stay in front of the people who are looking to you. Because when we go silent as leaders, it promotes fear. And Mm -hmm. so as a leader, if you have a sales force, you have to keep them abreast of what's going on. Don't make them guess what the next steps are going to be. Are they going to be able to keep their jobs? Are they not? You know, are they going to be getting paid a portion of their salary? Um, Are they not? You know, what does that really look like? And what should they expect in the future? And should anything change, you get in front of them and let them know. We've been Zoom almost on a daily basis. And it's mm-hmm. like, here, here's where we are. These are some options for you. These are some, some things you might be willing to do. Here's some tips for you to keep your business afloat, you know, and to get in front of some more customers. Um, and so that alone has kept a lot of the franchise owners, and there's, you know, there's dozens of them across the United States, um, engaged. And many of us are growing our business during this difficult time because of that strong leadership. So if you have a sales force, this is the time to step up and be a leader. Even when it doesn't feel right, even when you're kind of afraid yourself, you have to be that voice of reason, that vo- that voice almost of peace for those the sales team because they are afraid and they don't know if they're going to keep their job. They don't know what, what's going to happen in the marketplace. So give them as much information as you can and keep them abreast of where the changes are happening. So do you recommend that they're having those conversations one-on-one with their team or like as a group, like bring everyone together through Zoom or, you know, some other method of, you know, meeting since we're all social distancing right now, right? But you right. Know, what would you recommend? You know, how would they yeah, stay in I touch think, with everyone? I think both. I think both. So, you know, it's important to do that group um, address and make sure that everyone kind of knows and stays on the same page. However, if it's possible, if you have, you know, thousands of people, maybe you can't, but, you know, mm-hmm. maybe break it up between other leaders if you can't, but you need to make those those individual calls. 
and mm-hmm. talk to those people and, you know, let them know that you're there for them. Let them know that you see them and you're aware of where they currently are. And if you have any options or tips or tools for them to, to partake in, let them know that as well. So I think it is important to do the group, um, you know, conversations, but you have to do at least a couple of those one-on-ones because you hire that person individually. you got to communicate mm-hmm. with them individually periodically as well. Right. That's a great point. And I think that will also help with the comfort level a little bit since, you know, like you said, there is so much unknown right now that when is work going to come back to normal? If there is ever going to be the same normal, you know, we probably won't ever see exactly the same, but you know, hopefully things will go back as close to normal as possible, (laughs) you know, in the near future. Yeah. And you know, Candy, I also would say if Mm -hmm. someone is, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say if someone is able I, you know, as a business owner, you know, when you don't have a lot of that same income coming in, it's not always easy to keep doling out, you know, that those, right. those dollars. But if you're able to provide, you know, some some employers are providing meals for their family. Maybe they mm-hmm. can't write them a paycheck when they're not working, but they're providing meals or they're giving them, um, you know, other things that make those people know that they care. People will jump ship when they're unaware and they don't feel provided for or they don't feel valued at all. You'd be mm-hmm. amazed at how many people will follow you to the ends of the earth if they see that you're doing something, you're trying, you're you're doing your very best to make sure they're taken care of. So, you know, if you can do those things, do them. And at the very right. least, as I said, continue to communicate. Well, and that comes down to more creativity, like we talked about a little bit earlier, yeah. too, thinking outside the box, too. It doesn't necessarily have to be just that paycheck. Um Because it is hard right now. You know, there's a lot of, you know, fear, like I said, of what's going to be happening. You know, March is when, at least here in California, of course, too, that everyone was kind of ordered to stay home in mid-March. But prior to that, it was still kind of working as usual, even though you were being careful, right? And so March wasn't quite as bad as what April will probably be for businesses. So even just wondering, wow, we're just starting a new month, what's going to be happening? But if they can kind of stay in touch with those employees and just let them know they do care about them and they're trying as much as possible to do what they can to continue the business and, you know, maintain their employment, uh, then that I think is a little bit of a security for them as well. Right. So what do you think then is the most important part of the sales process? If they are going to continue trying to do, you know, sales during this time, what would you encourage them to be doing? So believe it or not, you know, people always think that that initial conversation is the most important thing, and and it is important. But I really believe that follow-up is where most people fail. (laughs) They will Mm -hmm. talk to, you know, people all the time. They network like crazy. They're great at maybe starting that conversation, especially if it's a social kind of event. But very few people either follow up effectively or they never, you know, they give up way too soon. So maybe they will call Mm -hmm. two or three times. And if that person doesn't not respond to them, they end up feeling like they've been rejected or they get busy and forget and they don't put a process in place. So mm-hmm. I firmly believe that follow-up is the key to closing more sales. I mean, I've had people that have, um, you know, said yes to an offer I gave them a year, even two years ago, because of the follow-up process that we have in place and the one that we teach. So I think that if people will put that piece in place just alone, in addition to whatever else they're doing, they're going to see a tremendous increase in their income and their client base and people even that will stay loyal to them because of that follow-up process. Right. And going back to what you were saying in the last segment, too, about how many people you should be talking to and making sure you have enough time to follow up, obviously that's the first step is following up, you know, within probably 24 or 48 hours after having met them at an event. Right. And then what what would you tell them in terms of a timeline, how to follow up with someone? Like you said, they might follow up a couple of times and then think they're not interested, you know, but how often should someone follow up? How, you know, how much space in between each time? Like, do you have a guideline that you generally give someone? You know what? I'm actually going to give you (laughs) to give to your listeners um, our follow up cheat sheet. And what that does is it kind of helps with that cadence of, okay, you said the first 24 to 48 hours, and then what? You know, and then what? And then what do I say when I call, or what do I do next? So it mm-hmm. gives them a really great template to be able to know what that really looks like. And there is, it's a 12-step or 12-week follow-up process. 
Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, many times when you get to the end of that, if you've not made any progress, there's a way to kind of start that process all over again. Sometimes it takes time, and the higher the dollar figure, the likelihood is the longer it might take to follow up, to, you know, to, to complete right. that sales process. So that'll be one of the gifts I'll be, you know, giving to you to provide for your listeners. Fabulous. I know they'll appreciate that. But in terms of follow-up too, then do you recommend like how often or you know, which methods they should use? Should it be phone call, email, kind of an in-person? You know, what do you recommend for that type of follow-up? Yes. <laughs> and what I mean by we call it a multi, multi-media, multi-step follow-up process. So there's not just one way. It's not a matter of fact that you'll drive yourself and your prospect crazy if you call them 24 times. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be phone call. It should be handwritten note. It should be um, maybe a video call. It should be sending them something possibly in the mail, you know. So there's a, a – and in that form that I'm going to send you, is going to give you all of those various things. But doing one thing over and over again will create that feeling of you're bugging them. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're able to, number one, listen and feel those initial conversations for what they're really looking for, and then meet that need in multiple different ways, it feels less, you know, invasive to you, and it feels less stalky to them. And so mm-hmm. it definitely needs to be a multitude of different ways that you're reaching out. And there's nothing wrong with asking them how do they prefer to be connected with. Because there mm-hmm. are people that I might have called, you know, several times, and they never answered, but the moment I texted them, they responded. Or there are times where people will, won't respond to anything, and I'm just like sending them a quick video message, and then they're like, oh, my God, that was great. You know, so you have to, number one, have a process of different ways to follow up and figure out what's the way that they are going to respond and then utilize that method. Mm-hmm. That's so true, too, because I think everyone does have their preference. I actually would say if someone emails me or calls me, it's much better than like a text. I'm not the typical person on their phone texting all the time. So for me, mm-hmm. you know, like an email that I can get and I can respond to even if it's 10 o'clock at night when I have time, you know, is obviously better than a phone call even sometimes. So I'm kind of the older school, I guess you could say in terms of that. <laughs> but so many people now, yeah. especially younger people are on their phones all the time and prefer, you know, texting and chatting and things like that instead of, um, you know, sending an email or, or on the phone. People don't always answer the phone so much anymore because they're so used to just, you know, texting each other. But I guess finding that That's out, fair. but also knowing what works for you too. So it's kind of balancing the two. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's actually just about time for us to take another quick break. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Tish Times on sales training for entrepreneurs. And we'll be right back after a brief commercial break. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. 
Today I'm chatting with Tish of Tish Times Networking and Sales. Let's find out a bit more information from her. So Tish, we've been talking, of course, about all the different things around sales and follow-up and networking, but why do you think that business owners and sales professionals struggle with sales success? Well, number one, I think that people think that they take things personally, basically. I think that sales is emotional, but it's not personal. And when Mm -hmm. someone, you know, for instance, doesn't call them back or doesn't say yes immediately, they take it personally, and they think that something is wrong with them, and they question their own existence. But if we understand that there's kind of a long game um, and there's a process to sales, success, it will keep you moving forward. You know, I think that it's uh, all about our mindset. And if we will shift our mindset from, you know, can I do this? And will they like me? And will they say yes to realizing that you have a valuable, in many cases, life-changing product or service? It becomes an obligation to get in front of those people who need you the most and to provide for them the chance to, you know, to experience what you have to offer. And so if you really believe that, you'll create a a pipeline. And what I mean by that, you'll talk to enough people to where you always have people that are ready to say yes to your product or service. You'll maintain that constant, consistent action, and you'll invest in the relationships in order to have lasting self-success. So I really believe we struggle with our mindset and our confidence, not so much our competence in what we do, but if mm-hmm. we'll shift our mindset, it'll be, it, I believe it's amazing when people are able to see themselves and what they do differently and, and they're more willing to do the work necessary to close more sales. Oh, I, I think that's for sure true. I mean, like I said, even me as a shy person, you know, sometimes it, I think when I was first starting too, I was thinking, well, number one, it's hard for me sometimes to go out and talk with people that I don't know. And I've over the years learned you know, kind of how to do that and be much better. So even now people who meet me are like, what, you're shy? (laughs) (laughs) But I think also, you know, I've heard the term imposter syndrome too, you know, like sometimes you feel you're not as qualified to do something and it's not that you're not, um, but maybe, you know, because it's a newer business or it's a new product or something, you don't always feel as confident. And so if you don't get that follow-up response from someone, then that's why you're thinking, you know, oh, it's me or it's people don't like the product. And it's not that, oh, they might be busy and they just haven't had the chance to return my call. Exactly. And, you know, the the thing is, I would say to, you know, everyone who feels that way, you're so not alone. I don't care how experienced or, you know, how long someone has been doing what they do. I think all of us go through that at some point in our life, in our career. And so mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with feeling that I feel it all the time. I have to, you know, talk myself into getting on the phone and making those calls all the time. So if we're, first of all, realize it's not just us, you know, most of us go through that kind of feeling of, you know, can I do this? Am I worthy? Am I really, a, you know, am I really a business owner? We go through those things. And then we have to kind of shake ourselves and get back into that place of confidence. We don't, you know, I don't think anyone wakes up feeling like that, or very few people do at least. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a process that many of us go through in order to kind of, you know, step into it. It's like I put my clothes on in the morning. Sometimes I have to step into that confident mindset in order to do the things that I do and to feel like, you know what, I do have something valuable to offer and I'm not going to sell myself short. And, and I always think about, and I, you know, I hope this will help other people, is instead of thinking about how I feel about it, I think about the people who need me, the people who I can help, and I do a disservice to them by not showing up by mm-hmm. not getting on the phone, by not showing up to that event, by not getting on that stage, whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank for what you do. But I do them a disservice when I don't show up because what I do makes a difference in people's lives. And if if we all will believe that, whether, you know, like yourself, doing books for people, it makes a huge difference. It keeps people out of jail. It keeps people in business, (laughs) right? And if we'll think about it that way instead of, well, I just do blah, 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 it'll, you know, it will change the way we show up and the way we show up for the people. So I've stopped saying I want to make a million dollars, too. I want to help a million people. And if Mm -hmm. I can show up and do that, it changes everything. It really does. 
Right. And I think just in terms of the confidence, I think what happens is we're comparing ourselves to someone who's well-established or is more popular or, you know, well-known, whatever. We're comparing ourselves to someone way up there, right? Instead of saying, Mm -hmm. well, I'm actually doing, you know, something for someone that it's overwhelming for them. And so I can provide a service that gives them peace of mind. Right. So if we stop trying to compare ourselves to like a superstar and be like, well, who is the person that I'm serving? Right. That's kind of what we need to look at. And then we could be more confident because we know that what we're doing is helping someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So what would you then give as a game changing tip to an entrepreneur to close their sales faster and to develop a repeatable process. So, you know, I, I've always talked to people about that face-to-face, and even if it's not, you know, like in this particular age we're in, we're not meeting people face-to-face, but I can still have face-to-face conversations using video, you know, conversations, right? But don't mm-hmm. rely on emails and social media to close sales. You mm-hmm. need to have a system for proper producing activities every single day. Some of that is going to be face-to-face calls. Some of that is going to be, um, make, you know, doing those handwritten notes. Some of it is creating referrals for other people. But many people start their day with, what do I need to do today? Almost like they're starting fresh every day, whereas if they had a system, it'd be automatic. So having a real system that includes your profit-producing activities, that does not rely on emails and social media to close all of your sales, that makes all the difference in the world. And and, um, that system doesn't have to be super sophisticated. It might just be, okay, there's five things I need to do every single day, and I'm going to do them again tomorrow, and I'm going to do them again the next day, and I'm going to check and see what's working and what's not working and then make the adjustments as necessary. But if we don't have a system to start with, then we start every morning like, okay, so what do I need to do today? Who am I calling? Instead of, okay, I know what I'm doing and I know what my goals are and I know what I'm going to, you know, to, to end up netting profitably if I do this work. So system mm-hmm. is what it is. Well, and I think what's so important right now too is because of people having to work from home and not in the office, you know, potentially their structure has changed or how they're scheduling things and it's just become more lackadaisical like, oh, well, I don't have to meet with someone so I can sleep in or things. So I would think probably setting a schedule that they know that Mm -hmm. they want to follow so they're as normal as possible, you know, in their routine would probably help. yeah, and, you know, that's part of your system. You know, your schedule, I think things that get scheduled get get done. And mm-hmm. if we don't have a schedule in place, we're going to just kind of be, you know, willy-nilly through our days. I think that even though there may not be the same type of activities that I do, I'm not on the road speaking like I normally am. I've had several of my events get postponed like many other, you know, trainers or speakers. However, I'm busier now mm-hmm. than I normally am. <laughs> Because of the intentionality behind it. You know what I mean? It's like I am like I got to create my own schedule and make sure that I don't allow myself to just kind of fall into sitting on the couch all day doing nothing because life is different. Um, But scheduling, you know, systematizing, being very intentional makes all the difference in this type of a situation as well as in our daily lives, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, there are definitely are some businesses that are even busier now than they were before. Um, and just figuring out wherever the person falls in that, you know, scope of maybe they're busier, maybe they're not as busy, but figuring out what that schedule looks like for them, like as if they were in yeah. the office and sticking to it is probably ideal. Right, right. I firmly agree. So then what is the most unique thing that you have done to set yourself apart from others who technically do what you do? So this is the answer. (laughs) It may seem, you know, pretty, pretty simple, but I think it's been very profound. It's kind of choosing not to be what everyone considers a sales person or a sales trainer to be. Um, you know, for years, I've, I've did sales and staffing, as I mentioned, for many, many years, and I've been through lots of sales training, and I've been through lots to tell you you need to, you know, you got to have more numbers, and you got to, you know, say this and say that. And I found that I set myself apart by being unique, being myself, not trying to fit into the kind of box or shell that everyone thinks salespeople belong in. And um, and I, I mentioned, you know, there's certain types of people that I attract. I tend to attract people who are not natural salespeople um, and don't 
fit into that traditional sales training model. And I give them permission to be themselves. We have a saying around here. It's called rock your shell. You know, people will say, you got to get out of your shell. You got to do things mm-hmm. different. No, I want you to learn how to be exactly who you're called to be and just do it in a way that works for your business. Um, you know, really teaching people how to show up authentically in the way that they sell, how to develop better relationships instead of cold. And there's nothing wrong with cold calling. I have to do it sometimes as well. But if, you know, if that's not your comfort level, you know, don't let someone tell you you need to do cold calls or you need to, right. you know, write 50 emails every day and, and bombard people's email inboxes. So, again, it does, it may not sound very, you know, profound, but it has been a real game changer for my business. And I think that the people um, with whom I've been able to serve have benefited from the fact that they've been given permission to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good way to look at it too, because yes, if someone is, you know, not as outgoing and you're telling them they have to go out and do so many, you know, meetings or whatever it is, that's just kind of out of their comfort zone. They might just decide not to do it at all. Right. Instead of finding yeah. a way that they're comfortable, you know, instead of go out and meet 10 people a day, maybe you talk to one person a day or something, whatever that is, that kind of is around their personality right. too. Right. That makes right. it a bit easier exactly. <laughs> because yeah. again, we're all just trying that, to learn what to do. Right. Yeah. And make it so, our own. Something that's kind of unique, Candy, that we've started doing, you know, again, a lot of the people, when I, if I were to say to them, Hey, I want you to pick up the phone and call 50 people, you know, they're going to like, look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, I don't think I want to mm-hmm. do that. But, but they love to connect, right? They love the networking piece because it feels very social in some cases. Um, and so what we have them doing is finding people with whom they may be already connected on, you know, on LinkedIn or on maybe even on Facebook, but mostly on LinkedIn, and inviting them to a roundtable. So now it's not so much a one-to-one, but it's mm-hmm. like these three people have complementary businesses. They need to know each other. I'm going to be the connector for this group. And I'm going to mm-hmm. invite them all to a video call. And so what that does, it sets you apart as the expert in the room. It sets you apart as the resource, the person who's brought all of these people together. And now you've developed three new connections that you may not have had before. And so just finding some different ways of helping people to be unique and be themselves in a way that feels really good to them and helps them to grow their business. And so, right. you know, little things like that make all the difference for a lot of my clients is not being told that they need to do it this way, but instead you can do it in a way that gets you the same result, but feels much better to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the long run, whether we're talking about networking or sales, you know, the things that we've covered today, it really comes down to, yes, you can go and you can learn what is being taught kind of just in general to people, but you need to kind of take that information and make it your own of what you're going to feel comfortable yeah. doing and how to get yourself out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have just a little bit more time. Do you have any tips or a story you'd like to share just to give as an example of what you do? So, I mean, I, the best example I can you know think of is the fact that when I encounter someone or, you know, when I have encountered people in the past, because this is something that I've learned, I I do what I do because I've been through a lot of the things that people come to me for. People come to me because they're very nervous about networking or or selling. Um, But many years ago, when I had not really kind of developed my own comfort level, I hadn't developed my own system or process, I remember being invited into this organization and feeling so inadequate, feeling like I didn't belong, feeling like, God, you know, why am I invited to this? I, I wasn't saying that, you know, but subconsciously I was, my behavior was. And I'll never forget, and it's an embarrassing story, but I share it because I want people to feel as though and to know that, you know, again, they're not alone in these feelings of, you know, can I do this or these feelings of inadequacy. I know that when I was invited to this meeting and I remember sitting at that table, you know, really feeling like everyone in the room was more successful um, or had a, a, a higher position or had been in business for longer or whatever. I remember being excused to go to the ladies' room, Candy, mm-hmm. and I grabbed my purse and I got in my car and I never looked oh, back. And no. looking back, I think, gosh, I wish, I wish I knew then what I know now. And I didn't miss that opportunity to be a part of this really powerhouse, power circle 
organization. Um, and my fear, you know what I mean? My inadequacy, my lack of self-confidence really robbed me of that opportunity. And so all that to say, I do what I do now because I don't want anyone else to ever, ever feel as though they don't have a seat at the table. They don't have right. the ability to enter that conversation or to gain that business from that organization that they are currently intimidated by, thinking that they can't pick up the phone and call that, you know, that CEO or that business owner, that decision maker. You can. And I, if I can do it, if I can develop a level of confidence that allows me to do what I do now and teach what I teach now, I know that you have it in you to do it. It's just figuring out a way to tap into it and develop a system around it. You know, it's one thing to intellectually know it. It's another thing to have a process so that you know exactly what you do every single day to get you to that place of success. So you can do this. I've done it. I know what it feels like to be on both sides of the table, but you can get to that other side yourself as well. Well, thanks for that story. We're actually at the very end of the show. So I'd love for you to tell us how listeners can connect with you to get that free offer that you were talking about earlier. Absolutely. So if you go to tishtimes.com, that's our website. In any of our social media platforms, you can also use Tish Times and find me there. But on the website on the front, you can download your complimentary networking handbook, and it teaches you how to, as I said, how to find your ideal client, how to find the right types of events for your business, how to engage people while you're at that event, and then how to follow up effectively. And I'm going to be um, providing the networking um, or the follow-up cheat sheet um, with that as well. So I'll just I'll, I'll go in and make that change so you can get both of those. Um, and, you know, I hope that they will be helpful for you. And if there's anything that I can do to answer any questions for you on our website, you can contact me. I'm happy to do a complimentary 20-minute conversation to assess where you currently are and give you some tips around some things that you might want to do differently to have a better success with your networking and yourself. Well, thank you so much, Tish, for actually being a guest on my show today. And I wanted to thank the listeners for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about sales training for entrepreneurs. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Tish Times at the link she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is operating your business in a crisis. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abnp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.